Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Girly Homesteader podcast. On today's episode, I am going to go over my goals for the month of March. Um, And I'm also going to be giving some updates about what's going on around our homestead here. Um, I'm recording this right before the beginning of March, and we are like in a false spring here in Ohio. Um, It's been absolutely wonderful, despite the random snows that we've been getting. Um, But I'm definitely seeing signs of spring, and it is super, super exciting. So stay tuned for today's March homestead goals and some updates. Hello and welcome to season three of the Girly Homesteader podcast, the show that's definitely not your typical homesteading podcast. I'm your host, Laura, a girly homesteader living in Xenia, Ohio, with my husband, chickens, bees, and garden. On this weekly show, we'll cover the typical stuff like gardening and chicken lady life, but we also go beyond the farm and talk about things like goal setting, makeup, planners, skincare, and staying in tune with nature's seasons. I've considered myself a homesteader for the past three years now, and in 2024, I'm hoping to hone the skills I've learned and continue to share those experiences with you. So, welcome to this girlier side of homesteading, where we can grow and flourish together. All right, so first of all, let's get into some updates about What's going on around here? Um, as I said in the intro, February has been a pretty mild February. Um, so we are entering March just feeling pretty good <laughs> about spring. Um, our daffodils out in our woods are probably like a few inches tall. That's exciting. They have survived a couple freak snows that we have had. Um, but honestly, February was pretty darn sunny, pretty darn wonderful. Um, that sun though, and the warmth, (laughs) it brings me to, uh, tapping maple syrup. So that was one of my goals for the month of February. That was to tap trees, make the maple syrup, build the stove, do all of the things involved in that, and also can the syrup. So this year was our third year making maple syrup. And (laughs) to be honest with you, it kind of didn't go as well as it has before, (laughs) Um, Part of it is because the weather. Um, So normally when you are making maple syrup, you want your daytime temperatures to be in the 40s, but you want the nighttime temperatures to be below freezing. So it was looking like we were going to have a perfect week to collect maple syrup. It was going to be warm. It was going to be sunny. It was going to be great. But it actually got too warm. Um, I was going out every day to check on our maple buckets, um, last year, sometimes like depending on the tree, I'd have to go out multiple times a day to get these buckets because they would be so full this year. It got to be midweek that we were collecting and we were getting barely any sap from our trees. And I was getting a little frustrated because I thought it was like perfect weather, you know, it was going to align perfectly with our schedule too, like what we had going on in our lives. And we just were not getting the sap. Well, come to find out that um, it can actually be too warm to make maple syrup. Or I'm sorry, not to make it, but like to, uh, to harvest the maple sap. So apparently if it gets in the 50s or above, 
the trees will not run sap. And so that's exactly what happened to us. Some of these days during that week, it was even getting up into the 60s during the daytime. Um, it also wasn't especially sunny, but uh, it just, it wasn't really working out too well. Um, the sun definitely helps the trees flow the sap. But uh, the thing is, though, we weren't getting any you know, we weren't getting cold, we weren't getting sun, but it was just, it was just too warm in general. So we honestly did not get, end up getting much sap at all. Now, we still did boil sap the way that we have in the past. The maple stove worked great, but we really didn't get much. Like, I don't even know if we got half of the sap that we got last year. Now, at the end of the day, is this fine? Yes, because we are not big sweets people. Um, like we don't have pancakes all that often. So we honestly don't use the syrup all that much. Um, I mean, it makes a great old fashioned, <laughs> but, um, other than that, we're not really big syrup people. So it's okay. Um, but then the other thing that I messed up was the boiling process inside. So the way that we do our maple syrup is we do most of the boiling outside and then we will finish it off inside. Well, this year, our boiling, um, it went a lot quicker outside because obviously we had less sap to boil down. Um, so then by the time I brought it inside, there wasn't a ton of liquid, but it was definitely more liquidy than it was the year before. So I know that doesn't make any sense. But for syrup to be ready, it has to be at a high enough sugar content that it will not go bad once you put it into jars. And so what you're looking for here is you want maple syrup to have a boiling point of 218 degrees versus 212, which is the boiling point of water. So at the time that we brought it inside, it was the same volume of liquid that we bring it inside normally. But again, because we had less sap, what we brought inside was a lot higher in water content. The sugar content was not high enough. So anyways, I brought all that in. And I remembered that the first year I did try putting the sap into crock pots to let it to let it kind of evaporate overnight. And so I did that this year. And I wasn't thinking <laughs> that I'd be able to uh, evaporate so much liquid off that it would get past that 218 degree point, but it did. Um, <laughs> one day when I was, or like the day after, you know, I was just waiting around, checking on the sap, and I looked at my crock pot and I was like, huh, it looks like syrup. I stuck my thermometer in there and it wasn't even boiling at this point because it was just on keep warm or let's see, what did I have it on? I don't know. I had it on one of the settings on my crock pot and it wasn't even boiling, like I said, and it was, it was registering at 226 degrees. So does this mean that I ruined the syrup? No, it just means that it is especially thick. Now, of course, that is kind of a good thing. It probably will have more of the consistency of syrup that you, you know, like fake syrup. Um, but the problem, though, is that once you open up the jar of syrup, you have to put it in the fridge to keep it, you know, keep it fresh. And honestly, I have no idea if my syrup is going to be so thick once it's in the fridge that it'll pour. So I messed up maple syrup this year, but as I said, it's a fun activity. We honestly do it just because it's fun. It's a great activity for February to get you outside. 
and we really don't use much syrup. So will we still be able to use it? Yes. Might it be more of a pain to use this year? Also, yes. But oh well, we did it. That's an update. Um, in terms of the garden, I am actually so shocked because a lot of my stuff is growing that I planted in February. Now, is it normal that in Ohio you would plant things in February? No, not at all. Now, I do have low tunnels over my raised beds, and so this is where I planted early. It was one of those weekends where it was gorgeous in February, just like it is today when I am recording. Um, and it just prompted me to say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to try throwing some seeds in my beds. They were prepped and ready to go. And I thought, whatever, let me try. If it doesn't work, then okay, that's fine. It was just a few seeds. Um, I am happy to report that I have germination on just about everything except for the cilantro. That was definitely a like the biggest experiment of everything that I planted. Um, I planted cilantro. I planted radishes. I planted lots of greens like mustard, arugula, and lettuce. And everything has come up except for the cilantro. And that's fine. That is fine. Now, who knows if these seedlings will be ready to harvest earlier than the next planting of greens that I'm actually going to do today. I don't know. Um, with the way the sunlight is and the temperatures, who knows? Like my, because you know, like if a plant has a hard start, um, it can be stunted and it might not grow very well. So I guess what will be the next part of this experiment is to see if my later plantings of greens, if those catch up quicker, like if they meet that same size of the first plantings quicker or like the same rate, I hope that makes sense. Um, so it, this is just still an experiment, but honestly, I'm just super excited that it actually worked and that everything is just fine. Um, I have had these seeds covered all the time in my low tunnels, and we have had some nights uh, in the teens here during February. We've also gotten a couple snows, and all of those little seedlings are just fine. The other garden update that I have is that those transplants that I messed around with in January, I did transplant those outside undercover under some like pop-up little low tunnels, and they're still surviving. Um, the lettuces are the ones that are definitely not doing as well, but the broccoli and the pak choy, they're doing fine under there. Again, have they grown a ton? No, not that much, but you do have to remember that it is getting cold and that the sunlight, although we do have over 10 hours hours of sunlight, we still do not get a ton of sun at our garden. Um, so it'll just be interesting to see if later plantings of things, if those catch up and grow at a higher rate, uh, just because they're being put out at a more optimal time, or if these earlier planted ones will actually become harvestable sooner. So it'll be an interesting experiment. Um, other updates in, in relation to the garden are my onions that I did start inside in February. They're doing pretty well. Um, those little soil pucks that I mentioned, they seem to be holding their shape just fine. Um, I did, though, have quite a few seeds that did not germinate, and I don't really want to blame it on those soil pucks just because I was using a mix of some old seeds and some new seeds. And I also... I guess I underestimated how many seeds I needed. Like I didn't look at the number on the packet as much as I should have. And so some of these cells, I was only putting one seed, which normally I at least like to put two in a cell. Um, 
But do I still have plenty of onions, like onion seedlings growing right now? Yes, I do. So it should be just fine. Um, they're going well under my grow lights. They're actually starting to look kind of like little scallions already. Very, very, very skinny. But they are starting to look more like more like onions than chives. And so that is very promising. In the chicken world, goodness gracious, our chickens are definitely ramping up egg production. Uh, we have 14 hens at the moment, and I think yesterday we got like seven eggs. So 50% capacity <laughs> with um, some of those girls being four years old. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, if you saw this on Instagram, my rooster is really pissing me off. And I don't know how much longer we will be able to tolerate him. Um, I've gotten some advice from people to say to give him until he gets to be a year old. But that's May. And right now we're just starting out March. And I don't really know if I want to wait that long. Um, he definitely has a favorite hen. And that poor girl, she's not bald on her back. But it is getting to the point where I think I am probably going to have to put a saddle on her. Um, I don't know what that'll do. It will obviously protect her, but I'm not sure if that will make him not like her as much as well. I'm not really sure, but I also don't want her to get picked on, and sometimes those hen saddles can lead to that. So we'll see. Um, she's not like completely bare back there like she'd get sunburned, but if it does get to that point, I am definitely going to have to put that saddle on her. So in the egg, or the in the chicken world, we are doing pretty good. Garden world, doing pretty good. Um, and the maple syrup, well, oh well, we did it. <laughs> and it'll be fine in the end. Um, after the break, I am going to get into my goal list for the month of March. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Beauty Counter, the non-toxic skincare brand that I've been using for over two years now and has absolutely saved my skin. As a homesteader, you put so much thought into your gardening and animal husbandry practices because you know the benefits to your health, but your skin is your largest organ. So when you switch to non-toxic products, you can improve your health even more than what you've already done so far through homesteading. Click the link in the show notes to shop with me. All right. So first of all, I do have to give like a heads up, I guess, about the month of March. Um, that is because my husband and I, we're going to be going on a pretty darn big trip in kind of the middle of March, actually kind of beginning of March. Um, this trip has definitely snuck up on me. Uh, we will be going to France to go skiing and it's a very exciting trip, but that means that we are going to be gone from the homestead a decent chunk of time. So my March to-do list, my goal list for the month is relatively small and it's all because of that trip and everything has had to be timed out pretty darn well around this trip. Um, I have been using, as you know, um, the planner that I created, the Grow and Flourish planner, but I've also been using the Seed Time garden planner online to get my seeding and transplanting dates all organized, and then I'm trans. Uh, I'm transferring that into my paper planner to keep things organized. Um, so when I did my monthly planning last week, that's when this uh, that's when this trip snuck up on me, and I realized, oh my gosh, we are leaving pretty darn soon. Um, so again. My goals for the month are a little bit smaller than they probably would normally be, but that is just because of this trip. So 
most of the things that have to do with or most of the things on my list for the month of March do have to do with a garden. Um, that's because again, this is a good month here in Ohio. Um, we can start being a little bit more free about what we are planting outside direct sowing. And then it's a big month in terms of starting the warm weather crops. So In terms of seed starting, I will be starting broccoli, cauliflower, peppers, pak choy, and tomatoes. Um, Most of those things I will be starting once we get back from this trip, and that is because I am making the decision this year to start my tomatoes and peppers two weeks later than I did last year. Um, Last year, if you were following me at that point and listening to my homesteading journey, um, my peppers and tomatoes, they were way too big at the time of transplant. And I thought that that would be a great thing, but honestly, it wasn't because when those plants are too big, they get just too set in their ways in their little pot and their transplant shock, it seems to be like exponentially bigger and longer. Um, I was truly transplanting out pepper plants that had flowers on them and that's not good. Um, just because I want all of that growth to happen outside when they are acclimated and ready to go. So again, I will be seed starting broccoli, cauliflower, peppers, pak choy, and tomatoes. I will be uh, starting all of those in my arrow gardens. And then I will also be transplanting out my cabbage and onions and sage that I started in the month of February. Um, That will probably also happen at the end of the month once we are back from our trip. And then some of the things that I will be direct seeding in the garden are greens, parsley, turnips, beets, carrots, peas, and green onions. Um, Some of those things like the peas and the carrots and the beets and the green onions, I'm going to be doing that again once we get back from our trip. So like the second half of March. But today, like I said, um, I'm going to be going out there and doing another um, succession of greens planting because the ones from February survived. So now that we will be in March, I'm sure that they will have an even better chance of surviving. So that's very, very exciting because I am now at the point where I'm buying greens at the store for salads and I hate it. I just hate it because there's nothing like the fresh salads that come out of your garden that are harvested that day or even just a few days later. They are so much better than what is at the store. So um, two more things in relation to the garden for the month of March. Um, last month I wanted to get my new raised bed ready to go for my tomato garden and I do have it set up. I have it placed, but there are a few things that I need to do before I start filling it with soil. Um, this garden bed, it's about two foot by four foot. And we are putting it up against the side of our house and the surface that it's sitting on is like cobblestone. And so what I had to do is I had to dig out all of those stones, set the, um, set the raised bed in its spot, but I am going to have to buy some more gravel that I can put underneath it so I can level it out, deal with the drainage, all of that. Then the other things that I have to do too is I need to fill it with landscape fabric so I can keep all of the soil intact And then, of course, fill it with soil. So that is on deck for March. Um, It's obviously like 
because I, I know I'm not going to be filling this bed with plants until May. But the earlier I get it filled, I think the better. That way my soil can settle in there and it doesn't like settle too much once the plants are already in. So that is something that I would like to do. And then the next thing, I'll be ordering my random plant starts that I get from a local farm around here. Um, I have talked about this before, but when it comes to tomatoes, I like to have lots of variety. And um, the five tomato plants that I'm going to put in this raised bed, I will be buying as starts from a local farm. And that is simply because if I only need one plant of each, I don't want to start the seeds for it. To me, that is just a waste of money because I can buy the plant already done, already grown. Um, I can pick and choose whatever variety I want because of course, they're not just Home Depot or Lowe's. They have tons of varieties. Um, so I'm really hoping that in March, I will be able to pick out uh, my plants from them. If not March, it'll be April. So those are all my garden goals for the month of March. Um, but I do have one thing related to food preservation that I'd like to try in March. And that is making fermented pickles. And the only reason I want to do this is just because I would like to try and see if we even like them before we grow our own cucumbers this summer. When it comes to preservation, I, I like to be sure that I know that I'm going to like how the finished product turns out if I'm going to be using things that I have grown myself. Um, I know that it sounds kind of like strange, but like, I guess I would much rather prefer to experiment with stuff that I didn't grow just because in my head, it feels like I'm not wasting as much time. Obviously I am wasting the money potentially, uh, that I spend on buying these cucumbers, but it's like I don't have an emotional connection <laughs> to those cucumbers because they came from the store and not from my garden. And so I will be much more upset if I try a new way of preserving and it doesn't come out well if it's something that I actually grew. I hope that makes sense. It probably sounds crazy. But anyways, I would like to try <laughs> fermenting pickles um, or fermenting cucumbers, I should say, to make pickles with some store-bought cucumbers this month. Um, Again, it'll be an experiment. If I don't end up liking them, that's fine. The chickens can eat them. No big deal. Um, but if I do, that'd be fantastic. Because although I do love refrigerator pickles, uh, they just don't last very long. And I'm hoping that the fermented ones will maybe last a little bit longer. But as you guys know, I tried fermented salsa. It tasted delicious as soon as it was ready. But then after keeping it in the fridge for a little while, I quickly discovered that it just got too zingy for my taste. So we'll see what happens with these pickles. Um, but that actually reminded me of another thing that I do need to add to my list that is in relation to the kitchen. Um, I need to go through my garlic from last summer and I need to preserve it. Um, I still have lots of garlic cloves left over, but the most recent bulb that I opened up, I noticed that crap, some of the clothes were just shriveled up and gone. And so I'm going to have to go through my garlic stash and um, process that. Most likely what I will do is I will simply flash freeze it and put it in the freezer because you can use it the same way as fresh garlic. It's like exactly the same. You can grate it. It's just fine. So that is something that I need to do in March. So to summarize, 
March is a big month for the garden. It's probably like the beginning of the busy season of spring. So I'm going to be seed starting. I'm going to be direct sowing and also transplanting. Seed starting is a few more cool things, like cool weather things, but also my peppers and tomatoes. I'm going to be direct sowing more green successions, also my parsley, turnips, beets, carrots, peas, and green onions. And then this is the month that I'll be transplanting out all of my onions and the cabbage that I have started inside. I also want to fill up my new raised bed for my tomatoes and hopefully order those tomato starts just to get everything ready to go and squared away. And then in the kitchen, I want to try my hand at fermenting cucumbers to make pickles and I need to deal with my garlic from last season. That way I can save it before it starts to go bad. So that is it for the month of March and my updates. Um, hopefully next week I will be doing somewhat of an introspective sort of philosophical episode. Um, March is a month that starts a new quote unquote mini season in my head. March and April are the months that I view um, as renewal. And so in honor of that, I will be talking about that a little more, but I'm also hoping to share a bunch of dreams and goals from other people in my girly homestead community. Um, so if you want to share your dreams and goals for your homestead, no matter how big they are, because I'm going to be sharing my really, really big dream, which I have like shared to probably like two or three people. Um, please put those in an email to me. You can email thegirlyhomesteader at gmail.com. Put them in there and I will read them aloud on the podcast and I will obviously share you if you want. So in your email, if you want to be shared, put your name, your Instagram handle, your whatever, any way that people can get a hold of you and um, I will share that. So hopefully that will be coming to you next week. So stay tuned and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Girly Homesteader podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to leave a rating and subscribe so you never miss a new episode. I'll talk to you next week, but until then, I hope you grow and flourish in all the ways that make you, you.